Hey everyone, you're listening to It's Not Just a Habit, where we talk about the small things that make room for big changes. I'm your host, Zoe Bjornsson, and I'm glad you're here. Hey everyone, I hope that you are having a great start to your week. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Liang. Liang, she works uh, in marketing at Square, and she's also the founder of a sustainable clothing line called Laroli. Uh, Liang is also my former roommate and just a very inspiring, creative person who I've always looked up to and um, really admired her curiosity about, about life and exploring things she's interested in and just being kind of a doer. And in this episode, we dig into morning pages, which is a very hot topic here on It's Not Just a Habit. We talk about listening to yourself and and knowing what you need, but also asking yourself what you need and what that means for her. We also talk about Liang's daily done list. So if you're a to-do lister, uh, this might be a good switch up for you. Uh, and we also talk about how she's just an experimenter when it comes to habits. She doesn't really subscribe to the normal doing, um, you know, everything the same, every single day of a fresh take on habits, which I am grateful for. And one of my favorite things we talk about is the redefining failure and how it's okay to walk away and progress is progress and progress is not failure. Um, lots of good nuggets in this one. I hope that you truly enjoy Then let me know what you think. Have a good one. Hi, Liang. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to learn more about your unique approach to habits and routines and how they kind of shape and change throughout your life. Hey, Zoe. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so Liang works on marketing uh, special projects at Cash App, and she's also the co-founder of Laroli, a sustainable fashion brand that you founded with your lovely husband. That's correct. <laughs> so before we get started on all the, all the fun stuff, I'd love to start off by asking you, how have you been starting each day lately? Um, each day is a little different, to be honest. Some days I wake up and I kind of dive right into work. Sometimes I wake up and I'll do some morning pages and kind of uh, get some feelings on paper and kind of uh, process some things before starting the day. And then honestly, some days I wake up and I'm just on my phone for like an hour or two, scrolling Instagram, um, reading stuff, and allowing myself to start the day off that way. Yeah, so you give yourself a little bit of flexibility. Is there is there anything that you kind of do or ask yourself when you wake up? Because those are all different paths, and it's kind of like asking yourself what you need and what you know, resonates with you? Is there any sort of process you go through or do you feel like it's just, you're just in tune? Yeah, I think a lot of it just depends on how I'm feeling that morning. So I kind of wake up and I check in with myself. If I'm feeling really tired, I probably will just kind of stay in bed for a little bit longer. Or if I'm feeling kind of anxious or stressed about um, things I need to do that day, I'll maybe jump into journaling to kind of get those feelings out before diving into the work. And then if it's like super crazy stress mode, then I'll just dive right into the work so as not to uh, make myself even more anxious for delaying it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yep, I I can definitely resonate with that one. You mentioned um, morning pages, and I'm curious when 
that kind of came into your life and if you read through the artist way book because a couple of people have mentioned that um to me and just have really reiterated how much it helped their morning routine but also their journaling you know routine and just the, the importance of that yeah i've been journaling since i believe i found my first journal um recently when i was like <laughs> nine years old i've been journaling and I've always oh turned God. to journaling more so to express kind of frustrations or things I couldn't tell people. Um, and so I've always associated journaling with kind of just a release of feelings. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. I discovered uh, Morning Pages through um, the book you mentioned, The Artist's Way. Um, I actually was assigned reading for a college class that I was taking for advertising. And so that's how I discovered it. Um, and I don't do it in a way that's super ritualistic where I wake up every single morning. Um, some days it's three pages, sometimes it's half a paragraph, sometimes it's, you know, just a line. And I also find that I'm not always really into like just long form writing. Sometimes journaling looks like a to-do list. Sometimes it's like a chart. Um, I kind of like to express myself in a variety of formats, I guess. Um, and I do find it really helpful just to kind of put a lot of things down before starting the day. Um, so it's a process I do really enjoy, but um, it's not something I always do. Got it. And I like that reminder that it can kind of be flexible. And maybe when you're first starting out, that that three pages limit could be helpful as creating boundaries or a container, but that it can be a to-do list and it can be, you know, just one line uh, is something that's, that's helpful. And I actually had someone um, encourage me, my coach encouraged me a couple weeks ago to not think of work to do and personal to do's and journaling as separate activities. So I would kind of meditate and journal in the morning. Sometimes it would be three pages. Sometimes it would be a paragraph. Sometimes it would just be three things I'm grateful for. And then I would go through my morning. And then when I sat down at the computer, I'd be like, okay, now it's work time. And that wasn't really serving me because I was still like thinking about all the to-do li- things on my to-do list from the moment I woke up. So just by getting them out within the first like 20, 30 minutes of waking up uh, in that journaling process, it has actually sort of helped me set a little bit more of a tone. So I, I definitely agree with the fact that um, your morning pages can can be a to-do list. Totally. And I think every morning, um, sometimes I just need something different. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it's expressing a feeling of, you know, I had a fight with somebody, I need to like get those feelings out. Mm-hmm. Or um, sometimes just it is just a really big to-do list and I need to get that out of the way. Um, but I think, you know, when I first started doing the morning pages, I follow the three page regimen. And I think it's helpful to, when you're picking up new habits, do it the recommended way and kind of see how it feels for you. Um, and for me, I found mm-hmm. that like over time after trying to do three pages every single day rigorously, um, mm-hmm. at a certain point, it stopped serving me in the same way that um, maybe it works for others. And so eventually I kind of just tried other things and involved in a way that works for me. And I'm at a point now where I feel like, you know, some days morning pages are really helpful. Some days it's something else. Some days I just can't deal with uh, sitting down and writing things down. I just need to start working. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's noticing when something starts to feel like a chore 
Yep. Uh, and that and that can happen right off the bat. Like if you start something new and you're like dreading it every single day, it's probably not going to stick. But if it happens three, four months later, a year later, knowing how to change that, I think is is kind of a superpower of sorts. Because if you just get stuck in this, like that's why I think people probably have a stigma against routines because that's when they start to feel stagnant and they start to feel like a chore, but then you feel like you can't change them. And then I think there's a beauty in being able to adapt and morph into whatever the new version of yourself needs. 100%. I think we're always changing and evolving and our former habits don't really work for us sometimes anymore. So just kind of in the last few months, once you know quarantine hit and with coronavirus happening, my world kind of has shifted entirely in mm. terms of morning routine, daily routine. Um, you know, I no longer go into the office and a lot of things that I used to do that I was really enjoying no longer give me the same satisfaction because I feel like emotionally I'm just dealing with completely new and different things and I have to find new ways of dealing with them um, that previously, you know, wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's like a really good reminder and they can be as big as something as coronavirus which obviously is is putting a lot of people or turning a lot of people upside down or it can be something small or even like when I was living in New York I was just so impacted by the change in the weather and I didn't really like think that I should maybe change my habits or routines to adapt to that or um you know I don't know, but make just make changes to my daily life in order to to fix that. So I think that's that's a good reminder. And I'm curious, is there one habit that you've been playing around with adding to your routine lately or something new that you're kind of trying to work in and see if it fits? Yeah, I think over the last few months I've tried several different things. Um I found myself kind of in a slump uh during quarantine, just feeling like I wasn't being productive. Or I was judging myself for not doing enough. Um, Once you kind of take away a lot of the um, things that I was doing, like going out, meeting friends, or even being able to accomplish things outdoors, like once you took that away, I was kind of like, what am I doing with my day? Like 10 hours just went by and I have no idea what I did today other than like sit in front of a laptop or sit in front of my phone. Um, So I started a daily done list. So I would kind of do these check-ins whenever I felt this feeling that I was like, oh my God, today kind of was wasted. I didn't do anything. And I would just write down all the things that I did, regardless of how small they were. Um, sometimes, hey, I put brushing my teeth on that list. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ways that's an accomplishment is, you know, being able to do those small things. I made breakfast, but also I would write down work things that I accomplished, um, big and small. And when I made those lists, it always made me feel better because I realized, well, actually, you know, these minutes and seconds that add up, I was actively doing things, even if they're things that I'm not typically used to calling accomplishments. Uh, But given the time that we're in now, you know, these little things are big Um, Mm -hmm. and it's important not to forget them. So creating a daily done list rather than a to-do list really helps me kind of center back on what I am doing and how important each of those things are. Mm, I love that. And yeah, I, I saw that kind of come to fruition through from afar through your Instagram. And I, I thought it was really beautiful because it's also a way to start celebrating the little things. And that's something that has actually 
been a bit of a thread in my life the past couple of months, but then also just with the conversations I've had with women for this podcast and being able to celebrate your wins, no matter how big or small they are and making that a habit just so that you can feel that progress is really important. And it's not necessarily, I mean, maybe it is considered a habit and for you, it was a part of a part of a new routine, but it's also just a good reminder that we need to start looking at what we're doing and recognizing it and being able to lean on that rather than just see like a big empty space of what I haven't done. Definitely. And I think also at the end of the day, I feel like the habits that I form and create, um, are ultimately there to serve me and make me feel better. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, a habit that works for a while, um, after all may not work anymore, or like an old habit I might bring back, um, just depending on what I need. And I often tend to experiment with a lot of different ones. Like I was tracking my sleep for a while, um, just Mm. to, just to see if I wanted to like wake up early every day, how that made me feel versus like waking up later. And these are all things that I'm constantly changing um, just because I feel like, okay, like for this week, I really enjoyed waking up early, but now it no longer works for me because I enjoyed staying up late. Um, And a lot of times my habits just change because I like the flexibility of having things change. And as soon as it Mm -hmm. no longer makes me feel good, I do tend to drop them. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, what is the the moment when you know that it starts to feel stale or it's time for a change. And it it sounds like it's really that moment in time where you're like, this doesn't make me feel good or I'm not looking forward to this or something like that. Yeah. I think that's the tricky thing because every habit book or advice that you get is like, you got to stick to it for 21 days. Um, like when you are struggling against it, that's when you know you really need it. Um, and you'll always feel better afterwards. And I think that's really sage advice. Um, and it probably works, but I just have such a rebellious nature towards that kind of, um, that kind of structure for me. I honestly, like at the end of the day, I'm kind of an instant gratification type of person. Like I need to feel good right now. Um, so kind of, tuning into what my gut feeling is in that moment, I kind of go for what I need right then and there rather than forcing myself to do something that I'm not super into. And I admit like sometimes I'll, I'll force myself to, to do a certain habit and I do feel better afterwards, but that's not enough for me to sustain things. I need to be excited about it kind of throughout the entire process. Yeah, that totally makes sense. When you mentioned that you're kind of a rebel at heart, it made me think about this book called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And she has kind of a a quiz of sorts, like we all need another quiz in our life um, (laughs) to tell us who we are. But I do think it's interesting because the four tendencies are questioner, upholder, obliger, and rebel. And they all have to do with either meeting or resisting outer and inner expectations. So the definition for a rebel is resist outer expectations and resist inner expectations. And I'm curious to know how that resonates with you. That feels like me 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think I am the questioner. So I resist outer expectations, but I meet inner expectations. And I've pulled like my family and my partner and everyone who I interact with on a regular basis on this. And it's interesting to hear because you can always kind of 
pick people out. Like I knew my stepdad was an upholder and I knew my brother or one of my brothers was an obliger. And I think we all have these sort of like resisting tendencies or um, expectations of ourselves versus other people. And that can play a huge part into how we um, go about habits. And being a rebel doesn't necessarily mean that you never have habits and you're constantly being spontaneous. It just means that you probably need a little bit more flexibility and you need to kind of trust that inner voice, you know, that gut feeling, that intuition, whatever you want to call it, inside yourself in order to move through habits and routines and figure out what works for you. Definitely. And I think, you know, everyone has a different way of operating through life. And my personal Mm -hmm. perspective is we have such a limited time here. Like, let's try to enjoy every single moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sometimes means not not doing the same habits over and over or not having a routine um, just because that's, that's personally how I like to live. And my husband, Mm -hmm. for example, is much more, um, he's a lot more able to control those urges or he, he does better in routine. Uh, And I see Mm -hmm. that he's able to thrive more when he understands like this day is going to look like this. And I have this time and this time to do X, Y, and Z. Whereas I'm kind of like, oh, I'll do it when I feel like doing it. And I think everyone Mm -hmm. just operates in a different way and there's no necessarily right or wrong. But, you know, if you're a person who doesn't like structure, doesn't like routine, doesn't like the same thing every day, uh, it's totally okay to go a path that, you know, is that route. Because I think there's a lot of books on creating habits and keeping habits, but there's, I don't, I haven't seen a book that's just like, screw habits. (laughs) routines just do whatever you want every day and still be productive (laughs) yeah yeah maybe maybe that means you should write that book perhaps perhaps (laughs) I think it's also you know in connected to that it's it's really just trusting your intuition and trusting your gut on what you need and for me I had never really had a great fitness or exercise routine I've gone through waves where I would like go to kickboxing a couple times a week but it really wasn't until quarantine because it's kind of like what else are you going to do that I personally got into it and um, my boyfriend and I started doing these 30-day challenges with this guy I found on Instagram and I it was it's was set up so it's five days a week of working out and then two off days where you just do stretching and I've and they're 30-minute classes and I've seen it such a great transformation in in my body but we went through I think we're on our third challenge right now and neither of us are really doing it um, because it just kind of got stale Mm -hmm. and I personally just felt my body craving a lot more of slower movement and yoga and just being able to be in tune with my body and move my body. So going on long walks, not necessarily being like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 6.30, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to journal, and then I'm going to do my workout. And it was just, it was just getting boring. And I wanted to listen to my body a little bit more. And instead of feeling bad or guilty about not continuing with these hit workouts, I was just like, you know what? That's not what I want right now. That's not what I need right now. And and that's okay. Totally. And I think you being able to listen to your intuition and your body is such a huge thing because I think for so many of us, it's really hard to drop something that you know is like, quote unquote, good for you. Um, so mm-hmm. like exercise habits, eating habits, a lot of times 
I think we want to stick to the structure because uh, it promises a certain result or we know like it's good for us at the end of the day. Like everyone says meditation is good for you. Everyone says Mm -hmm. yoga is good for you. And sometimes you try those things and maybe you just don't really connect with it. Um, But because there's this external kind of perception that doing this is good for you, you kind of just go through the motion without really kind of getting into it. And I think it's important just to listen to yourself at a certain point allowing yourself and forgiving yourself for letting something go that just doesn't sit well with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's a great, a great reminder. So now to, to kind of the piece that the piece of the puzzle that made this podcast, is there one habit or routine or ritual that you went through? Maybe you don't even do it today um, anymore that made room for a big transformation in your life. Um, I think the one kind of common thread against all of my rituals and habits that either get picked up or dropped is I'm constantly looking for ways to improve myself. Um, I think that's a consistent habit I have, but the methods that I try kind of change around a lot. And so Mm -hmm. that's something I'm, I'm constantly paying attention to, whether it's through coaching um, I've done, uh, like gro- group coaching classes through landmark. I read a lot of self-help books, listen to podcasts. Um, and it's a popular t- topic that I talk about with friends. So self-improvement is a big thing for me and journaling is a big way to access that as well. And, um, currently I'm considering going to therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel there's, childhood trauma that I haven't addressed or healed from. And so that's something consistently um, I try to work on. And that's kind of like a common thread to why I even pick up different habits or rituals is I'm kind of trying to to better myself as a person. Mm, yeah, that's kind of the intention behind everything that you're doing. And I would also say that a habit of yours is is kind of being curious. It's that curiosity for yourself. And then also curiosity when it comes to creativity and like what you can do and cultivating that as a habit obviously has different lanes and different methods but it's a it's a core of who I think who you are and what makes you know the work you do interesting and what ties you to it oh thank you for saying that and for (laughs) acknowledging me it's it's true I mean I think um the it's funny I'm I'm like rocking my brain I'm like okay how did Liang and I meet and I'm pretty sure it was through the internet and <laughs> you know da, 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 like I well it started with an interview like how are we coming full circle I interviewed you for about that me when I worked there yeah and then I came to one of your fun fun dinners that's right which was so fun. And I think something I've always admired about you is this curiosity, of course, but then also your ability to pivot and your ability to kind of try something out. And if it works awesome and you follow through and then you do it until you're done with it, so to speak, and then you might move on. So you've had all these amazing ventures in your life I mean you got fun fun dinners you um did dessert goals this amazing dessert festival you know you're working at cash app you founded a sustainable clothing brand like I'm probably leaving so much off the list but your ability to kind of go after something that interests you 
I don't think would happen if you didn't have the mentality around habits, projects, anything like that of, well, I might as well just try it. I might as well go for it and see what happens. You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Um, I think, I think I'm really, really good at starting new projects uh, and secretly really bad at dropping projects. And I still have like file folders for all of my past projects and I keep everything. So I'm like, I might Mm -hmm. pick it up one day um, and do Mm -hmm. it again. And so I think there's honestly a lot of guilt and uh, fear when it comes to leaving a project. And sometimes I try to keep the door open, even though I'm probably never going to return to a lot of those things. Um, But I think, you know, same thing with being able to drop habits or rituals. I think I've gotten better about it over time. And the more I kind of allow myself to let go of things, the easier it becomes. And so I I Mm. do think it's kind of an overall hierarching philosophy of being able to walk away from things and being able to step away from the fear of not being able to create something new again. And so I guess I'm able to balance that by constantly creating new things that I feel happy with and proud of and maybe align more with what I want to do right now that makes it easier to let go of things that no longer serve me. Mm, I love that. And I just started reading a book called Break the Good Girl Myth by Maho Mofino. Um, It just got released a couple of weeks ago, I think. But she actually went to the Stanford Design School, the D School. And it's all about these myths that women are told, you know, kind of growing up and how to be a good girl and how to um, just portray that image and follow that path. And it's interesting because she comes at it from this design thinking background, which I'm sure can resonate with you. And the concept of being able to prototype almost your life and design your life. I mean, I know there's that book, Designing Your Life, but being able to be okay with starting something and seeing where it goes and dropping it if needed, which is just as hard as starting something, is I think a real superpower. Um, And in its simplest form, that's what you're kind of doing with habits. You're prototyping something, you're seeing if it works, and then you're going from there. And the people who think of habits or routines as stagnant probably hold on to that fear of dropping something because they so they identify so much with that version of themselves that they've created rather than seeing an opportunity for a new version through a new habit, a new project, a new business, like as, as that kind of vision grows, um, it can, it can be different. Anytime you drop something or you let something go or you build something and walk away from it, I think we kind of create these stories that it's a sign of failure. So not being able Mm -hmm. to follow through with something you originally committed to or building something that, you know, maybe has potential to keep going and growing and walking away from it for whatever reason, people might call you crazy. Um, People might Mm -hmm. say like, she must have failed for some reason. And a lot of times we think about like, what's the PR story explanation for this (laughs) um, before I can even walk away. And we don't owe anyone that explanation. We just need to forgive ourselves and let ourselves choose what feels right for us. And I think that's, that's definitely 
an inner monologue kind of habit that I've been trying to hone in on is how do I allow myself to do the things I want to do without holding on to expectations or external expectations, especially. Mm, Yeah, that, that is a big one. That fear and the narrative around fear of, of dropping something, leaving a relationship, leaving a business, whatever. And I think we, we build up so much energy around that fear and then whatever you're doing is suffering because you're building up that energy and something that has been really something that has provided a lot of clarity for me has been learning more about human design and I don't mean human centered design but human design in terms of your chart and what type you are and this was new to me until a couple months ago but you essentially plug in your information and it spits out um, your chart and it's kind of like astrology of sorts, but a little bit deeper than that. And you plug in your birth date and your location and things like that. And my type is a manifesting generator and it's that kind of design is meant to follow what energizes you, what fills you up, that kind of stuff. And by doing that, you'll be the most fulfilled. So if I'm following something that I feel in debt to, or if I feel um, guilt or shame for leaving, I'm not only taking away from that thing and what it could be, but I'm also de-energizing myself and just sort of like running on empty. Um, even if it was something that I was super excited about. I mean, I did all that, try this cheese thing and I was super excited about, um, running that kind of as a business and within the past year it's sort of just taken a back seat as I've shifted into a new career and things like that and I had to get over the story of telling myself that that was a failure because it wasn't what my original wildest dreams had envisioned but going back to your daily done list like what did I build what was successful all of that is way more than me not doing anything or not following any passion so progress is progress Yep. And progress is not failure. Totally. And that that clicks with me so much, which is just following what feels right for you and not judging yourself when it no longer fits anymore. I think we're constantly evolving, we're constantly shifting and growing and we can't expect that things that worked for us in the past will continue to work with us forever. Mhm. Yeah, I love that. So I'm curious to know if as a creative person, like are, do you have habits that kind of help you set the tone to be creative or help you find in, inspiration? I think some, that's something that I'm kind of struggling with as, an, as a new designer. I'm like, how do I make this a habit by making sure that I'm on, you know, I'm seeing what's out there and seeing, you know, what's, what's the norm and seeing what is experimental and just making sure that I'm kind of quote unquote covering my bases. So let me make sure I understand like what habits um, or rituals might I have in the creative process? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think with any new project that I start, I usually just feel a ton of excitement and that drives a ton of action to follow suit. Mm -hmm. Um, So Oftentimes I'll start off with like a vision board or a mood board, usually just like on Pinterest and kind of getting a sense of how I want things to look, um, but not only look, but also how they feel. And a big factor for me is when I work on something is how do I ultimately want things to feel 
um, for myself, but also for whoever it is the product is for, whether it's a customer or um, whoever it is that I'm targeting and building a vision based on that. So sometimes it's also through journaling and writing down what I want. Sometimes it's building like a, a mind map or like a website map um, just to kind of draw out how I envision things. So I think the first phase of things is always just being really, really driven by perhaps like you mentioned, the curiosity for things and letting that energy um, keep the momentum of the project going. I love that. I think mood boards are something, a mood board to me is also kind of like a, a vision board. Like it's the mood board for your life. And this is actually one of the first years that I ever created a vision board and looking at it now, I'm kind of like, check, 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 check. Like I did those things. And a, a mood board is, is very similar. Like how are you, if you're going into a new project, how do you want it to feel? How do you want it to look like, what are your goals from a visual perspective? And they also just kind of imprint on your brain and your subconscious in order to follow through on them. And that's something I really enjoyed about the creative process, no matter what the project is. And I think it's something that could definitely be translated into other parts of our life, of our work, of, of our relationships, and, and being able to create a visual blueprint for what we want to create. Yeah, I'll give you an example. With launching mm. Laroli, I had a pretty clear vision in mind for just where I saw people wearing these clothes. Um, and mm. that was kind of the the springboard for the inspiration of the collection and how we designed the silhouettes and how everything was going to look. Um, and the next thing that I did, my husband is one that does the apparel designs. So we worked on mm -hmm. it together and I kind of, you know, we like shared ideas and thoughts about things and worked very closely on the designs. But when it came to the branding, that's kind of like my bread and butter. And I mm -hmm. just had a very clear vision for like, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna have yellow. <laughs> it's, um, the font needs to exude a certain elegance, um, in simplicity. And also when I, when people are wearing these clothes, I want them to feel like this is something really fun and that they can mm -hmm. go to places and really enjoy it and have these like vacation clothes. I love vacation clothes. Like when I wear something on vacation, I feel mm -hmm. like. The, when I put those clothes on again, even if I'm back in the city, like it reminds me of that vacation and it makes me really happy. And so I wanted to create clothes that made people have a connection to a certain place. And then when you put those clothes on again, you're reminded of that certain place. So that's why our line right now, it's just um, resort wear. So things that you wear on summer vacations or spring vacations and being able to connect to clothing in that way is kind of how I wanted to center our brand and concept, but also at the same time, like having certain um, values and things that we really cared about when it comes to environment and fair working wages and conditions that were kind of built into this brand. And so having a really, really clear vision from the get-go helped me kind of figure out what my next steps were and drive the action for seeing something through. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It sort of just helps with that momentum. And I think I mean, first of all, it's it's interesting to hear your creative brain about Laroli because the yellow is so fun. And I'm personally, yellow is my favorite color. So I'm kind of like, it is just a perfect color for that vacation mindset. And the font does exude, exude a certain feeling and the clothes are beautiful and the colors are beautiful and they feel so special, but also 
so I don't like the word simple because it doesn't have a great connotation, but it's like, yes, I would wear them on, on, on a vacation and I would feel amazing in them. But at the same time, I would also wear them anytime I wanted to get that feeling back. And so creating, creating that for someone I think is a, a really beautiful thing. And you guys did an amazing job with that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of times when it comes to creating things, um, there's definitely so many stops along the way where I'm like, is it worth it? It's going to be so much time. It's going to be a lot of money, um, a lot of effort, and you don't really know if it's going to succeed or not. And with anything, uh, whether it's a project, a business, a relationship, um, or a habit, like you invest a lot and you're not entirely sure what you're going to get out of it. And sometimes we start these things because we have an expectation, but oftentimes, you know, we don't get what we expect, but we get what we need. We learn a lesson along the way. We learn that, Hey, maybe this doesn't work for me. We learn that maybe on our next venture, this is what we would like instead. And I feel like constantly trying new things, starting new projects, starting new businesses has taught me so much about what I like and don't like and what I really want in life that I'm able now to say no to things a lot quicker because I know what works for me and what doesn't. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. I think the concept of saying no is a, a true learning experience and something that you know you see all over social media like say no more or this is my year of saying no and it's not so much about that and the year of it it's more about being able to figure out what resonates with you what you're going to learn from what you want to buy into and only saying yes to the things that that fit into that that bucket yep totally agree with you Amazing. Well, I'm selfishly curious to know what's next for Laroli because I know you guys launched a campaign um, a bit over a year ago. And so what are you guys working on now? What can we kind of look forward to? Yeah. So with Laroli, um, we're not like a traditional huge fashion brand that releases new styles every season. Um, and our goal is to sell out of our current collection. And we actually made some of our best, remade some of our best sellers to, so we can continue selling those. And then we're thinking that probably next year in 2021, we might launch a, another small capsule collection to add on to our existing one. So we're kind of just taking it slow and building on it. We are trying not to exhaust ourselves um, with the breakneck pace of, you know, fast fashion or anything like that. Our goal is to really create pieces that will last a long time and um, are at the pace of the demand. So we're not overproducing. We make small quantities and we kind of just, you know, make what we can sell. Hmm. Yeah. I think something, a good reminder is what are our shopping habits and how do we change those? And I think especially with uh, in the time of the pandemic and also the, the movement of Black Lives Matter and, and kind of being more conscious about what we buy and who we buy from and changing those habits uh, is, is really important. Um, so it's interesting to hear from the creators behind a clothing brand, the intention behind making it slower and making it more intentional and making it uh, a better process for both the company and the consumer and everyone who's involved. Yeah, definitely. 
Amazing. Well, I like to close out by asking if you have a little habit nugget, a book, a, a quote, a resource, just anything you want to share with the world about habits and routines. Um, and it can totally be in your re rebel tendency. <laughs> My little nugget would have to be that if it doesn't feel good, you can just stop doing it. Um, don't cave into pressure or expectation if it just doesn't sit with you and it doesn't feel good and you don't feel like it's serving you you don't have to put yourself through that torture and you can always try something new and you can thank the habit the new thing you tried whatever it is for what it's taught you and what it's given you even if it's just learning that hey i didn't like this you can let it go and try something different next time I love it. The art of letting go and trying something new. I think that might be what the podcast title is going to be. Episode <laughs> title. Love Amazing. That. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you, Liang. It was so beautiful having you on. I appreciate your time and I can't say, wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me. There you have it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I hope that you all take this episode and any of the learnings from it on with your day. Uh, if you have any feedback, you can always share it via Instagram. We're at just not it. Ugh. See, we don't even know they're on Instagram. It's at it's not just a habit on Instagram. I'm at KZOEB and Liang is at Liang S L I A N G S. Uh, you can learn more about her, see her awesome food styling, K-pop dances, or just candid captions um, and thoughts all there. All right. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for being here.